Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we are so thankful that we can be here in your house. Lord, speak to us now and grant us ears and hearts ready to listen and to follow. In your name we pray, amen. You know, one of the things that uh, I love to hear as a pastor is when somebody who has been a guest here says, what a warm and friendly congregation Fishers is. I was greeted by all sorts of people. Because you know, if, if the pastor is the only one that greets people, they think, oh, he gets paid to do that. <laughs> you didn't know what you paid me for. One of the other things that I, I love is when I hear people who are, have left Fishers, Tell me how warm and friendly and loving Fishers is. Not that I'm happy that they have a hard time maybe finding another church, but I'm glad to know that even after time here and when they've left, it has remained a warm and friendly congregation. You know, last Sunday as we were getting ready for worship, we were talking about all the funerals that we've had lately, and one of the lay ministers said, it's really important that Fishers be a family at moments like this. And he's right. People need a warm, friendly place that welcomes them. Because we live in an increasingly lonely world. People are more and more isolated from one another. Just think about how it goes. People leave for work early in the morning. Now they're going back to their offices and they come back late. They don't have time for the people around them. And many people today don't know even the people that live in their neighborhoods. I remember one lady recently telling me, she says, I never see anybody in our neighborhood outside of their home." We just don't know each other. Linda and I, when we lived in, in Flower Mound, this doesn't speak well of us, it was two months before we found out that the lady who lived next door had died. I had another lady tell me that uh, in her apartment building, the, the people who live there put post-its on the door when they're mad. <laughs> Otherwise, they don't talk to you kind of the world we live in. Imagine what it's like in this community. And some of you who have lived overseas can, because you know, we have in Sugar Land lots of people who call this place their temporary home, but they're not from here. They're not even from Texas. They're not even from America. They come from all over the world. And let me tell you, it can be a very lonely feeling living far from your family in a place that speaks a different language and in a different culture. That kind of loneliness goes on here as well. Of course, we all know, don't we? covid made it worse, really isolated people. And I know you all learned how to use things like FaceTime and Skype and Zoom, but it is no replacement, is it, for seeing people 
face to face. And now, more than ever, because of that, people are working from home and so they don't even get contact at work. And the people they work with are a voice on, the, uh, on a conference call or a face on a Zoom call. And you know what's happening on those Zoom calls. All those people who are on those calls, they're busy where you can't see them doing other things on their computers. They're not really paying attention. The reason that we know this is because we're not really paying attention. Some families meet each other coming and going. And some, their main contact is that they argue with each other. So yes, being a friendly church is so important. You know, people that take the phrase from the old TV show, cheers, need a place where everybody knows your name. Needs a place where you're recognized and welcomed and greeted. A place where you can make friends that are friends for life. Well, that's what God wants the church to be. A place where people are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. But I have to tell you, even here, people can feel unwelcome, forgotten, unwanted. I had someone tell me the other day that they were on a team, but they had to resign, one of our ministry teams, a few years ago. And she said, you know, the leader of that team wouldn't talk to me for years. Yes, even here, people build walls around themselves. Even here, people will complain. No one ever greets me. I had someone tell me just recently, I just can't find a place where I fit in. I think I'm going to look for a different church. Folks, the problem isn't just COVID. The problem isn't just busy. The problem is that you and I are very good at building walls. Paul calls them dividing walls of hostility. In the text, he talks about the hatred and the prejudice that divided Jews from Gentiles. That's the occasion for the text today, for the reading from Ephesians 2. But there are all sorts of walls. I knew one man in, in, in a church that he had a grudge against another man in that church, and he held that grudge for decades, and his anger got so deep that it not only divided him from that other man, it began to divide him from the church, it began to divide him from his Lord. He, he stopped going to communion. The wall got so high. Depression can be a wall. Anxiety. Our inner struggles. I know someone who because of fear of being rejected, 
doesn't reach out to make friends. He's got his own wall that he hides behind. You can go on, arrogance, anger, self-pity, even being an extrovert. I can be one that can, talk, can constantly talk all the time, but I'll talk about you and never let you ask about me. Some simply run away from difficult situations. I told you about the lady who kept hopping a couple weeks ago, about the lady who kept hopping from church to church because she was running away from conflict, that she found conflict in every church she went to because she brought it with her. That's not what God wants the church to be. Neither does He want it to be just a country club. You know, a place where we meet once a week, say hi, know people a little bit, but never get deeper than that. You know, if that's, if that's all this place is, you really would do well to sleep in on Sundays. Join a country club. Take dance lessons. and Go out dancing with those people. If that's all it is, there's no reason to come here. But God has a deeper plan. He wants this to be more than a place where everybody knows your name. God's intention is in the church He acts to tear down the walls that we build. That's the purpose of this place. To tear down walls. Here, our sin, our pride, arrogance, self-pity, our selfishness should all be called out. Because God desires to tear them down. See, God has an answer. The wall. That's Paul's point, isn't it? And Jesus is God's answer to our walls. Listen to the words of this text. Now in Christ Jesus. You who were once far away have been brought near through the what? The blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing where in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility, for through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. We together, by the power of the Spirit, have access to God in heaven. Why? Because God in heaven sent his own Son into this world, and his Son came and he lived in harmony with the Father, with no walls between him and his Father. Lived the life we failed to live. And then he went about the work of tearing down those walls by going to the cross, and abolishing in his flesh the law with his commandments and regulations. Abolishing in his flesh everything that stood against us by dying on the cross for us. God pointed and focused his wrath on his own son so that he might never focus it on you and me. By his resurrection, he tore down the wall so that you and I 
have access to God. Nothing stands between us and Him. And that's the key to tearing down the walls between us. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is what makes this place different than a country club or a senior center or a dance studio or whatever other organization. Listen to it. He says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the sure foundation of the word of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, the one who holds it all together. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, this is where the children's message came from, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by Spirit. Now, folks, I shared before that sometimes we build walls here. And we do that because when we come in those doors, we all come in as sinners. Which means we all bring our wall-building material with us. But here, God invites us do something different with those materials. Rather than build walls, He invites us to take our arrogance and our pride and our self-pity and, and all the things and lay them at the foot of the cross. I was thinking about that this morning as we began worship. You know, that's the first thing we do, isn't it? We confess our sin. We come in the door, and the first thing we do is we say, Lord, here it is. All the things that I use to build a wall. Everything that divides me from You. Take it, Lord. Tear down the wall. Folks, that's the first step to living without walls, is giving it to God. You know what the second thing is? When we hurt one another, we don't just say, oh, they'll get over it. We recognize our fault. And we go to each other. And we say, you know what I said? I shouldn't have said that. Or you know what I did? I shouldn't have done that. Or... Whatever it is, will you forgive me? And then we can respond. You know, I shouldn't have said that either. Yes, I forgive you. Will you forgive me? See, forgiveness is the power of God that tears down walls. Tears down walls between us and the Lord and tears down walls between us 
and each other. As I was getting ready for the sermon, I read a story online of some Scottish soldiers who were POWs in the Second World War, Japanese POWs, and they were made to do hard labor in the jungle building a, a railroad. And it was rough, and they were rough with each other and, and everything, until one day, as the story goes, the Japanese officer ordered a count, as they did every day, of the, tool, of the tools, and one shovel was missing, and, and in anger he demanded that someone return that shovel, and if no one returned it, he was going to kill them all. And then one man stepped forward and said, I took it, and the officer killed him. That afternoon, there was a second tool check. The missing shovel was found. There had been a miscount. Word spread like wildfire through the men in that camp that one of them had been willing to sacrifice his life. An innocent man had been willing to sacrifice his life to save them all. And for the rest of their captivity, that sacrifice changed them. Until the day when the Allied armies came into the camp and these prisoners, now skin and bones, placed themselves between the army and their captors. And they said, no more hate. No more killing. Now is the time or forgiveness. That's what Jesus did, isn't He? He sacrificed Himself to save us. He sacrificed Himself to tear down the wall. He sacrificed Himself so that now He can stand with us and say, no more wall. No more hatred. Now is the time to forgive. See, Jesus makes it possible for us to do life together. To live without wall. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.